you would please turn in your Bibles to, to Psalm 65. If you need a Bible, the chair, uh, pew Bible, page number is 480. Uh, as you're turning there, you'll notice in your bulletin that we did in the first service commission uh, our, our Johnny and Friends team to go out. They're leaving now and leaving right after the service. Uh, 47 souls going and uh, from this church. So please be in prayer this week. And uh, I'm, I'm going on the team, and so I'm excited about that. And just appreciate all of you, your prayers and your support. We, we really are doing this as a church family, even if you're not going for the week. And so uh, thank you for, for, those, for your prayers and for your encouragement. And pray for safety and strength this week. It's going to be a hot one. So... Psalm 65, we're uh, in the summer sermon series in the Psalms, and I hope that you're, you're seeing as we work our way through the Psalms the, the richness and the helpfulness that the Psalms are to our daily lives. Uh, with very rich poetry, we see these words of the Lord help us with everyday life. They help us with everyday struggles. They help us know how to live in this world. And I hope that you will notice that as we, as we work our way through these psalms, they're, they're really, they're meant to be read slow. Uh, they're, they're meant for us to meditate on them, to, to think about them. Um, I would argue that one of the most helpful things that you could do in your daily time in the Word is, is not read five psalms a day, although that would be a great goal, but maybe read one psalm a day and read it five times to let it just marinate on your heart and on your soul. This will allow you to just slow down, to think about the Lord, to meditate on his word, what God's word is saying, understanding it in context, and how these holy words of scripture can help you and I in our prayer lives and help us praise the Lord. Psalm 65 can do just that. It is a psalm of praise or a psalm of thanksgiving. We don't know the exact occasion uh, of why it was written, but it was written by King David, as many of these psalms we've been studying are. And we're told in the superscript that it was a song. And so it was designed to be sung uh, in congregational worship. So hear now the reading of God's Word here in Psalm 65. To the choir master, a psalm of David, a song. Praise is due to you, O God, in Zion, and to you shall vows be performed. O you who hear prayer, to you shall all flesh come. When iniquities prevail against me, you atone for our transgressions. Blessed is the one you choose and bring near to dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, the holiness of your temple. By awesome deeds, you answered us with righteousness, O God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas, the one who by his strength established the mountains, being girded with might, who stills the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waters, and the tumult of the peoples, so that those who dwell at the ends of the earth are in awe at your signs." You make the going out of the morning and the evening to shout for joy. You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. 
The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain, for so you have prepared it. Your water, you water its furrows abundantly, settling its ridges, softening it with showers, and blessing its growth. You crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with abundance. The pastures of the wilderness overflow. The hills gird themselves with joy. The meadows clothe themselves with flocks. The valleys deck themselves with grain. They shout and sing together for joy. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we praise you from whom all blessings flow. We praise you for our salvation. We praise you for your work in creation. We praise you for the blessings that you have poured out on us each and every day. Help us now, O Lord, as we meditate on your word. Help us to apply these words to our hearts and our lives. We pray this in our Savior's Jesus' name. Amen. As we get ready to, to study and to meditate on Psalm 65, I'd like to give you a hook, if you will, something that you could kind of think about and help us understand and work our way through Psalm uh, 65. Many of you are familiar with the doxology, praise God from whom all blessings flow. We sing it at the end of almost every worship service as we give praise to God and as we respond to his blessings to us through the means of grace that he gives us in the worship service. We praise the triune God from whom all blessings flow. Psalm 65 is like the doxology. It's like a long form of the doxology that we sing. And so, but it has more color, if you will, more, more detail, more fullness of praising God. And so I hope that will help you think about the structure of Psalm 65 as we see how the psalm teaches us to praise God from whom all blessings flow. Again, Psalm 65 is a, is a psalm of praise, a psalm of thanksgiving for the overflowing bounty that the Lord has given to his people and that is displayed in the land. It's easy for us to maybe imagine uh, what David is describing here in Zion, in the city of God. Perhaps it's during a time of rest, a time of peace, a time of God's goodness up upon the land. And he looks out and he sees God's amazing creation and he praises God from whom all blessings flow, the, the abundance and bounty that is shown in creation. It's easy for us to imagine that right now as the rains have been pretty steady this week, right? Before this week, things were kind of dry. Maybe your yard was getting dry. Your plants were needing watering more often, but these rains have come and nourished, and all things are bright and beautiful now here in Alabama. I love it. The psalm that we're looking at here this morning is received with gladness I know by me, because we've had a few weeks of those psalms of lament, and they're, they're kind of hard. But this is a psalm of joy. It's a motivating psalm for us this morning. I hope that you see the psalm. It's a beautiful meditation on God. It helps us think about God. It helps us focus on God this morning. And this is a good thing, because the number one thing you and I need to be doing right now in worship 
is not focusing on ourselves, but focusing on the Lord our God. We need to be praising Him and put our attention on Him. And it's psalms like this that help us. They help us be more God-centered, God-focused in our lives. Because we all know it's not easy to think about. It's, it's very easy for us to think about ourselves all the time, isn't it? Thank you for Psalm 65, Lord, for helping us focus on you. And so in this psalm, that's what David does. He shows us how to know God more, how to worship him by thinking about how awesome he is, how awesome he is in salvation, how awesome he is in creation, how awesome he is as the Lord our God who provides. So this morning, I want you to see how this psalm teaches us to praise God. And we're taught how to do that in three parts here. There are three different stanzas in this psalm that I think you'll be able to see uh, delineated in your Bibles. Uh, the first stanza there is in verses 1 through 4, where we see we are to praise God for His grace in our salvation. The second stanza, verses 5 through 8, we see we are to praise God for His awesome deeds in creation. And in the third stanza, verses 9 through 13, we praise God for his abundance that he has given to the earth. So let's look at those three things. The first is we are to praise God for his grace in salvation. The latter part of the psalm after verse 4 is going to focus a lot on God's creation. This is called the general revelation of God, how we see God's beauty, his majesty displayed in all that he has created, all as he has made. And of course, we are to look out at God's creation, and it should lead our hearts to praise and to worship because he is our creator. But the first part of this psalm here in verses 1 through 4 begins what we call the special revelation of God, how he has specifically and specially uh, revealed himself as our Savior and redeemer of his people. And we even see that here in the Old Testament. You know, where's Jesus in the Old Testament? Well, he's right here. Look how in these verses, how he is making reference to the temple, the holiness and goodness of God that is displayed in the worship in the temple where we know that the sacrifices were made, where the blood was shed, where vows were performed where the message of salvation was proclaimed. And what was that message you see there in verse 3? God atones for transgressions. That's the good news. God atones for transgressions. This is a scene of tremendous grace that is shown to us here in these first four verses. And so Psalm 65 is teaching us how to praise God for his grace and for his salvation. And, and we're actually shown how to do that. For those of you who are students and those of you who are students of English and literature and poetry, maybe you remember the old sonnet, Oh, how I love you, let me count the ways. That's the only part I ever memorized. <laughs> but we're shown here in this psalm how to count the ways. Count the ways that God loves us. Look there in verse 2, how God's grace and his love is displayed and that he hears our prayers. 
He hears our prayers. Think about how gracious and loving God is, the God of the universe, the God of all creation, the God who knows all things and all peoples. He hears our prayers. That is a very gracious gesture and that is very good knowledge of God that we need to have this morning, that he hears our prayers. Look there in verse 3. We see that we are to praise God's grace and his love, and it is displayed in what we call the atonement. When our sins, when our iniquities, when our transgressions, when our failures, when they keep piling up and up and up, how gracious is it that God atones for our sins. Atone means he, he covers them up. He counts them no more. So we don't have to wait to the end of the sermon to run to Christ, do we? It's right here. We see God's grace displayed in what Jesus has done for us. Because, of course, we are to think of Jesus and his substitutionary atonement for us. He is the one who died on the cross in our place to atone for our sins. We praise God for his grace displayed in the atonement on the cross. Look there in the first part of verse 4. We praise God for his grace and love that is displayed in his sovereign election. Blessed is the one you choose and bring near. So I know what you're thinking. You Presbyterians, y'all always have to run to the doctrine of election and predestination. I knew I shouldn't have gone to a Presbyterian church this morning. You betcha. We love it. We love the sovereign grace of God. We love to talk about the most amazing love in the world that will not let you go. The love of God by which he sovereignly chooses those to bring near to him, to dwell in his courts. Because most of us, me especially, would not have chosen him if he had not first chosen me. We praise God for this. Praise God who he chooses and brings near to him. Finally, in the second part there, verse 4, we see God's grace displayed and the satisfaction we receive in worship, the satisfaction. It is when we are brought into worship with God's people in God's house that our hearts are drawn to God, that our hearts are called to look up to God, where we read the Psalms, where we sing these truths and our minds are drawn heavenward. It is in those moments that we know true joy and true satisfaction. And we are reminded week after week after week in corporate worship that God is gracious. And when we are praising him, when we are doing what our souls were created to do, then we know that soul satisfaction. We know that true joy. I ask you, do you want to know that soul satisfaction this morning? Do you want to know a, a joy and a peace that surpasses all understanding? And praise God for his grace and his mercy and his love, his sovereign love that is displayed in Christ. Are you feeling spiritually dry? Do you 
feel like the earth and the gardens that had no water, no nourishment. And let these blessed words of Scripture help you praise God, for He hears your prayers. He atones for our sins. He satisfies us with goodness and holiness through worship. The great reformer John Calvin reminds us that it is through worship, through prayer and worship, that we are reminded that the source of grace is not within us, but outside of us. The source of grace is found in God alone. Praise God for His grace in our salvation. Moving on to the second stanza, verses 5 through 8, we are to praise God for His awesome deeds in creation. Praise God for His awesome deeds. And so now the, the tone, the tenor of the psalm moves from praising God for His grace and mercy in our salvation to the awesome deeds of God displayed in all the earth. But notice in verse 5. Look there with me in verse 5. Notice how before David gets to all the goodness displayed in creation, he roots the praise of God in creation only in the fact that God is the God of our salvation. He is the hope of the ends of the earth. This psalm is not encouraging us to praise creation. It's encouraging us to praise the Creator. And so there are two things that are in God's creation that David reminds us to, to look at and to see the power and the strength of God in his creation, and that is through the, the mountains and the seas. The strength of the mountains that are firmly established. If you get a chance, don't go collapse our balcony, but go up there to the second floor landing and look out the window. It's one of the best views of Montesano and all of Huntsville, and to see the beauty of God displayed in the mountain. Yes, we call them mountains. If you're from Colorado, we're sorry. (laughs) And then the roaring seas. We notice that these things, these things that we can visibly see in creation, they remind us of the awesomeness of God. And then in verse 8, We see the beginning and the end of the day, the sunrise and the sunset. If you haven't made time this summer to see a sunrise or sunset, you need to do it, especially while the temperatures have been so amazing at these times of day. In verse 8, David is saying, you make the sunrise and the sunset shout for joy as they do their thing. (laughs) They have been beautiful. Psalm 8, Psalm 19, these are other great psalms to help us see the the majesty and the beauty of God in creation. But again, the psalmist is clear here. Creation does not save us. The Creator does. And that is why David reminds us that it is God who is the God of our salvation. He is the hope of all the world. So how can you and I practically do what the psalm is modeling for us here? How can we take these words of Scripture and praise God from whom all blessings flow? How can we praise God for His awesome deeds and creations? Well, get outside. (laughs) 
Go outside, get off the screen, stop playing so many video games and binge watching Netflix or whatever subscription that I'm sure you're paying too much money for, all of us are. (laughs) Praise God for his awesome deeds and creation. I mean, North Alabama is one of the most beautiful places on earth. We can see so much of God's beauty around here and praise him for it. The last stanza there, verses 9 through 13, we praise God for his abundance in all the earth. I want you to notice some words that we see in this final stanza of Psalm 65. Some words that I think we need to focus on and, and meditate on. Let me invite you to look at these verses 9 through 13 and pick out these words with me in your Bible. Water, blessing, growth, bounty, abundance, overflow, joy. We could keep going, couldn't we? Psalmists is showing us, modeling for us. This is how we take note of God's blessing and his abundance and a bounty that he has given to us. And again, we need to put down the phones. We need to turn off the music. We need to get outside and notice these things, how the showers nourish and soften the earth, blessing its growth, how the green hills and pastures invite us to lie down in them, how the meadows, the valleys, the mountains sing for joy. I don't know about you guys. I don't think like this. I don't talk like this. I don't pray like this. (laughs) But man, I need these words. This is why the Psalms are so rich and so helpful to us and invite us to meditate and seeing of the goodness and the abundance of God in all the earth. Again, John Calvin helps us to further meditate on this. He says, the whole order of nature shows God's loving care for us in condescending to provide for our daily needs. And yet men disparage his providence, trusting in nature's second causes rather than attributing them to God. As science uncovers the mysteries of creation, it should lead us upwards to the Creator. But men are blinded by their pride and their researches. In other words, creation has one purpose, and that's to point us to the Creator and to praise Him. Just as we further think about meditating on God's goodness and his abundance and praising him for this, William Plummer offers this extended meditation on the goodness of God and water. And I, I just, I'll be honest with you, I've never done that. I've never pondered and meditated on the goodness of God and water. There's so much we need to praise God for in water. He believed that nothing portrays the goodness of God in nature better than, than water, <laughs> Here you go, listen to what he says. There are billions of tons of this great element, water. The great reservoirs of it are salted as to keep it perfectly pure, yet not so much salted as to destroy the life of innumerable tribes of living things. Into these great reservoirs, all the rivers pour their floods, 
Thence by evaporation, all lands are provided with supplies of the purest, sweetest water falling from the clouds. Thus the face of nature is refreshed and the surplus of water percolated through the various earths and sands and minerals is kept cool and sweet for drink or impregnated with medicinal properties that heal tens of thousands. To man, water is a great necessity, is an ingredient of every human body. When cold, it is a tonic. When warm, a laxative. When hot, a stimulant. It has no equal as a purifier. It is a gracious, fertilizing shower. All of this reminds us of the goodness of God and his abundant provision. This is just an example. Just one example from this passage. How creation reminds us to praise the creator. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. If you're looking for a a good um, devotional book to maybe help you read God's Word and meditate on God's Word, let me commend to you um, a devotion on the Psalms by Pastor Dane Ortland called, In the Lord I Take Refuge. Maybe there's some out there on the bookshelf. Get them while while they're hot. (laughs) Um, Psalm 65, Ortland says this, this psalm should whet our appetite for Christ. Psalm 65 should whet our appetite for Christ. How is that? It's because the beauty and the majesty that David describes here in this psalm have their perfect fulfillment in the new heavens and the new earth and at the marriage supper of the Lamb where we will be with Christ forever in this place overflowing with joy and abundance. But for now, we can certainly praise God for all that he's provided for, the the bounty that he has given to us in the earth. And it's it's to remind us of who he is and what he has done, that he is the one who satisfies that he is the God of our salvation, our only hope. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Our ultimate satisfaction is found in Christ. And that's why we praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Let's pray. O God of our salvation, the hope of the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas, the one who by your strength established the mountains, who stills the roaring seas, who makes the going out of the morning and the evening to shout for joy, we praise you. We praise you for your loving grace whereby you atone for our sins and we praise you for your generous providence whereby you provide for us every material and spiritual need that we have in every way imaginable. Father, help us not to become indifferent as to how awesome you are in our salvation and in your creation. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.